Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. So last weekend was Valentine's. Did you have a nice Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. Otherwise known as just another Sunday or something. (laughs) (laughs) I forget what day it was. but um, So no, not a big day in your life? Well, I got the my lady friend some roses and what else? I got her a, a streaming device for her TV because that's romantic oh, in my opinion. <laughs> that is. That's very – I would love that. Yeah. yeah so I, I had a nice one. My husband apparently looks like George Clooney now that he has Ooh. his beard, I guess. <laughs> Not too shabby. Not too shabby. But he cooks like Julia Child. <laughs> As long as he, as long as he doesn't talk like Julia Child, but so yeah. when you're looking at that George Clooney face, I didn't even know I was married to George Clooney till last week when he was on the cover of AARP, and my husband's like, "I look just like him." <laughs> so he declared that he looks just like George Clooney. Can I do that yeah. too? No, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I can't. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He's been telling me for years. I didn't believe him. So he always said he was George Clooney Berg. <laughs> right, the Jewish Clooney. Right. Yes. Okay. okay. And I do have an update on my quest for seeds, which we are going to share a little later in the show with our friend Joanna Silver, author of Growing Weed in the Garden, because she is back. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> and I know that it's been a bit dreary in America, cold and snowy and frozen. And I don't know what is going on in Texas. So mm. think, yeah, thinking about seeds is making me happy. It's good. I'm trying to listen for the days when we're allowed to get back in the dirt because- it's nothing but slush and ice here right now. So 
A lot of ice. Yeah. yeah. And then before we move on to today's guest, I just want to give a quick update on the women of the amazing Technicolor Cannabis Quilt. The top is done. Kind of see it? Yes. Oh, I can see it. Yes. Excellent. I will hold it up later in the show, maybe. So <laughs> everyone who has been on the show and all of my guest books through June of 2021 are on it. So that's awesome. And my goal is to have the whole thing finished, batting, quilting, beautiful. So it's a piece of art. Now I'm a fabric artist, I'm calling myself, by the end of March. And then I'm not sure what's going to happen. But if I keep talking about it long enough, something will happen. Right, Dave? Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to go, it's going to either raise a ton of money for something or somehow brighten somebody's bedroom, parlor, whatever, weed room. Light. I don't know what you, I'm, where you are. You? <laughs> I'm giving my light out. So that's how we, that's how we work it now on the Kenamom show. All right. right. Let's go with today's guest. All right. Today's guest wants to be the Ann Landers of cannabis to help her generation, the baby boomers, understand how cannabis can help them. She is the creator of cannaboomers.net a reliable, curated source of cannabis education, and is also a cannabis business consultant. Her decades as a tourism professional led her to focus her second act with passion on cannabis and wellness. Now She now consults with hemp and cannabis brands that focus on wellness for older consumers when she's not speaking and spreading the good word. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Patricia Patton, founder of cannaboomers.net. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? You're you're in New Jersey, right? It's a little chilly down there today, I bet. It's not too bad today, actually. I went out briefly this morning. Sun is shining, and that's the only reason it's not too bad. But I understand that we're waiting for 48 inches tomorrow. So we're just going to enjoy the sunshine because I'm kind of living in the moment these days now that we're here. So let's just begin with your story. So I know you had years in the travel world and that you combining that with your, you know, passions for other things. Your so how did you go from travel to cannabis? And I know that something happened in 2018 in Denver. I always say I had my cannabis awakening in Colorado. I guess we all have something happens there. And how did all that connect with parts of your life to bring you to where you are now? Well, I have been in the hospitality in, uh, industry for most of my adult life. And but in fact, I always was doing other things while I had a nine to five job. And most of those things had to do with what we now call health and wellness. I called it really growing into myself. Really, I just am like a lot of baby boomers in the sense that I have a desire to make things that matter. Mm -hmm. And I'm also someone who possibly may outlive my money. <laughs> Are we all? Oh like gosh. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm lucky and I am actually get this extra 25 years that baby boomers have been gifted with, there is a question of how will we support that? Additionally, I had an interest in creating ways to make money to do that. And the cannabis industry is one of those major shifts that we've lived through that's sort of like the coming of the digital age. Right. So if it actually bears out to be what everybody says it's going to be, this is another major seismic change that we're living through. I want to be involved in it. I want to be vital and involved in that process. So the, so I was looking at opportunities to apply the things I already knew right. to 
how the world was changing. And cannabis kind of came on my radar as an industry. So I went out to Denver to fig- try to figure out what was going on and how. So it's so very it. similar. So I didn't go out to learn. I went out as a tourist and learned about it and had an awakening. But you went out intentionally to learn about the industry to oh, like to, no. to consider working in it. Okay. Yeah, I went out to see what it was. Basically, what I had done is the year before I had started writing for Astro Hayes, but I had started writing for Esther Hayes, but I never showed my face. And the idea was that I wanted to, I was going to educate myself by researching and writing about the industry. And that's how I learned about the Women Grow Conference. In fact, I actually won a contest on Instagram or something. Uh, that was my registration. So I just decided to just get an Airbnb, go out, see what the story was. So can not- you? Just, I, I know what Women Grow. Can you just tell people what Women Grow is and why it's such an important organization and why it could really change people? Like how, what it is actually? Women Grow is a nonprofit, New York based, as I understand. I don't work for them or anything. So I'm right, right. No, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a connecting organization. Yeah, it's a networking organization. I think it has expanded its mission, but at the time, it was basically a reliable source of information about people who were in the business. And there was a lot of networking that focused on women and what we could do and what kind of leaders we could be in the industry. So that was very appealing. Yes, because I think it should be a women's industry and so do you. So so, so did you go out there thinking that there's a way to be, do tourism? Did you were open to open I, dispensary? I, like, do you open to just like, what is this world and where could I fit in? I went out there to have a broader understanding of what was possible, what people were talking about how I was trying to get my hands on how to look at the industry. Like I personally have no interest in owning a dispensary delivery service or like I hadn't even thought about any of that because I didn't really understand the business of cannabis, of cannabis. Which is its own special world. I say this all the time. Everything about cannabis is special. So you have to literally understand it, the specificities of this world. Right. Yeah, I hadn't, I didn't have an idea, but once I got there, most of the people that were there, I think what I came away understanding more than anything was what was at issue, what the policies and regulations in different states, and the fact that really there was nothing cohesive. There was no easy way to understand this is the story. And and especially, so you're in New Jersey, which I want to talk about at some point, which is its own special place now, and you are far behind Colorado, obviously. So and New York, well, you kind of I kind of think of you together, but so you're sort of in the region with Massachusetts. We are ahead of you. New York and New Jersey, they're coming up, they have their own issues. But you went out in 2018 to Denver. So they were really established. Was this eye opening to you? What did you think when you saw it? Well, I generally spend winters in California. So oh, so I'm familiar. I knew right. what was going on. And I'm from Seattle. So I knew up and down the coast what was going on. But none of that was happening here. Most of the conversation in where I live the majority of the year was all about making something happen. And I was not an activist. I was not a policy wonk or whatever. I was still trying to understand what what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're telling people, so in your circle, like I say this all the time, my mother thought I was going into a drug cartel when I would say the word endocannabinoid at a, at a party, people thought I was making it up. So what, when you were talking to people that this is what you were interested in, what was going on with the people you knew or talking to? Well, it's very interesting because I have friends that run like a 30-year gap 
because in my sort of blogging social life, all my friends are 40, 35, 45 years old in that area. But then in the communities where it's more social or what have you on Facebook, because I have a large group of older Black, Caribbean, African-American women in a Facebook group. It's social, though. And people still were not willing to talk about it. Right. People would send me messages privately to ask me this or that. Or I have a group of friends who are doctors that I sometimes travel with, like my girlfriends who are professional doctors. They didn't really know anything about it, but they didn't really know anything about it. Is the simple truth, other than what their personal experience was. Well, no one did. We, and we we're all sort of brainwashed in a funny way. So your friends are open to listening to what you're saying then. Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you that yes and no. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes and no. It's like they're willing to listen just a little bit. But the truth of the matter is that they're not really willing to listen because they need, like everybody else, they need somebody else to vet it. They need it to come from some places outside of the cannabis arena where it's already been vetted to such a... Or or stories. I find the stories are what changes people's minds. These Usually the stories about someone being so sick that they came to cannabis as a last resort and then they found it and they become evangelists. And that seems to convert people. And you start slow with CBD lotions and... Anyways, but that's the baby boomer. So what are you doing? So you're going out there, you're talking to people of your age group. I, I'm a little bit younger than you, not much, but I always say women my age and older, we know the least, we can use it the most. So what are you finding with your baby boomer friends in the generation? What are they looking for? Or what are you trying to, it's always about education. I know that, but is there anything that surprised you when you started talking about this and said, this is the mission I'm on? I, I think, I think the thing that surprised me with many of my friends who are pretty exposed, like in other aspects of their life, how closed we were to really just understanding that this might be medicine that we want to use. Like maybe if it's good enough to use at the end of life, it might be good for some other reasons, but we just didn't know exactly what they were. Right. And then, but I still would have like young people calling me saying, my girlfriend in Texas, her mother has dementia. Can you talk to her so she knows how to talk to her mother? Listen, blah, blah, blah. I was getting calls like that. Okay. Or my girlfriends would call whose mothers were 85 or 90 and the mothers were willing to try anything that would address pain. So they were also sort of moving into it quietly themselves. But because the laws, like most people have a lot to lose. I know. And and this is something I I tend to forget because I've been doing this in a legal state for, for, I guess, five 2016 is when it's changed here. So it's been a little while. I'm in the industry. So I forget that it's really dangerous for people. And I do talk to moms a lot. That is a big issue on the show. But for older people, the same thing. If you're in a, um, a state where it's not okay and you're, it's such a great thing for pain and all these other issues with elderly people, it's a shame, don't you think? Well, I think that it is a shame. I think that, and yes, I definitely think it's a shame. And I think that we should be involved in this conversation because one of the things that I find annoying is that everybody's talking about what we need, but they're not talking to us about it. And so I, I, I just really want to be instrumental in helping to bring more of an opening 
and more grace to that and more education even to marketers and younger people who actually have the jobs and who brands are actually talking to that if you want to reach us you can't talk to us as if you know who we are like we're not your parents we're not and and you're also you're not going to appeal to a certain age group with a very young person with sunglasses smoking a joint like we have to, again I'm the middle age group I talk about this a lot even in terms of how dispensaries look for women to come in to feel comfortable and not be comfortable so what are the just sort of in life in general things have to be designed for different age groups so what are you talking about with people like part do you talk about packaging because I hate packaging and I can't open it is that even on your radar yeah packaging is a problem. it's like I I never wore glasses until like two years ago. So it's like this packaging with this teeny tiny writing, that's not brand new, but people are beginning to talk about like the font size of this or that. It does matter. And to have like, again, if you're going to a dispensary and you're just buying a single joint in Massachusetts, it can have three or four labels on it. No joke on a little plastic container that you actually can't open. So there's a lot there's a lot wrong with this and so so size size of print obviously because you need to know if it's medication you need to be able to tell dosing i mean the other thing is that one of we're also very concerned about potency potency is another thing and i realize that i don't know 12 percent for you may be five percent for me in terms of a or what have you, that there's no one response to that. But somebody needs to address it in such a way. I don't think it's quite enough to say, start low, go slow. That's nice as a mem, but it needs to be delved into a little more than that. Because I think that we have to understand as patients and as consumers and enthusiasts that really it's our responsibility to figure that out. Like it's not anybody else's responsibility. No one else can do it anyway. And this idea, I even say my own mother is very reluctant to get into this because she is very reliant on the traditional medical systems we have. And to transition into cannabis, you need a guide. And we've been working with a cannabis nurse with her. And it just, the idea that you have to, the stories I hear over and over again, the women in the industry are so passionate because they have all been very ill almost to a T and I've used cannabis to get off the medications, but they did it themselves without assistance. And now they're out in the world and they want to help people. Like you said, you want to help people get through this and not really utilize it. It's another choice. I guess that's how I think of it. It's another choice and that you're trying to access this choice for your community as well. And you're trying to give the industry ideas on how to um, do that better. Right. Yeah. I think that even if you, I mean, because I'm focusing on people that are 50, 55 and above, one of the messages I'm trying to share is that it's still not a, like a block or not a monolith that people don't, people who, it's like you, you said to me, well, I'm not quite as old as you, I'm middle-aged, but how do you know that I don't consider myself middle-aged? You know what I'm saying? I know I'm not a baby boomer. That's what I know. <laughs> and, and that basically is a function of what the Census Bureau says. Exactly. You know, for the years that you're born. But I know lots of people who are younger than me, but they're much older than me mentally. There are people that I know, this is something else I was thinking about because I was trying to help a brand understand that they were limited in their thinking. They have a product for athletes. These athletes retired 40-something. 
I am an older athlete. I do long distance riding. I play tennis, right? Oh, me too. I love tennis. So, <laughs> but here's the point. My, my knees, the cartilage in my knees are as good as his at 40. So the product that they're selling to him may very well be good for older athletes in my category, but there's sort of like a disconnect. And, but at the same time, if you want to talk to me about it, then your messaging would be more nuanced to me. So have you found specific brands? Like I know there are definitely people out there marketing to midlifers or moms, or I've seen this around. So have you found any brands? And again, we want the brands to be good products. That's kind of a big issue. You can't just be marketing. You have to actually have a product that is quality. So have you been finding that? And how's it working in New Jersey? Are you able, I don't even know, what are the rules in New Jersey now? It's just medical? Where where are you at? Technically, it's just medical. It's like adult use has been voted in, but it hasn't been signed. Okay. I think actually the 18th, there was tomorrow, there's something was supposed to be happening. I haven't been following it closely, but I know initially it was the 8th of this month the governor was supposed to sign something and they were still working through the specifics and there was an extension to the 18th. So I don't know exactly where it is, but I don't think it's been signed into law. Okay. okay. But right now you have medical dispensaries and you have to get a medical card to enter the dispensaries. Yeah. Is that where you are? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. is that, how is that process in New Jersey? Are they very strict? Are they loose? Are they make it complicated? What are they doing there? Are they making it intimidating? I think, cause that's what I've heard. Some people are intimidated to even try. Well, I didn't find intimidation to be a problem. No, because not not intimidating, just like even in Massachusetts, it's very simple, but people in their heads think it's going to be a big deal. So is it pretty simple in New Jersey? That might be true. It's it's pretty simple. I've done a couple public speaking events in a bookstore here and once in a senior center here in town, the town that I live in, which is Asbury Park, New Jersey. And there was a lot of interest in how, what was the process actually The process is quite easy because the governor came in two and a half years ago saying he was going to make change within 100 days. It didn't happen. And the way they addressed it was by increasing the number of conditions that qualified for medical. Um, But still, there are, if my numbers are right, it's something like 95,000 people with medical marijuana cards in the state 14 dispensaries and 9 million people or something. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous, actually. Yeah, that's not really serving everyone. <laughs> so in terms of like, are you involved now at the advocacy level, at the state advocacy level? Are you doing any of that work? Not yet. I I kind of feel like I'm maybe I'm ready because I didn't feel like I was prepared, really. I think do- as much as anyone else I've talked to, you seem to know what's going on in, in your world. And that your voice is important. I do talk to younger people, older people, so but mostly women. But this advocacy idea at the state level is so important. It's just really necessary. The people who are the politicians, the people making the rules, they don't know anything. And yeah. they're followers. You know that, right? So yeah. I don't, they're hearing from industry, people with money. So they need to hear from people who are just people, like who need this as a medicine and understand the demographics and aren't just talking about it from a purely business economic, how's the state going to make a lot of money? No, I completely agree with you, particularly since we also vote. We also vote. So, but I just, the way that I understood how business was being done in the city, I hadn't figured out a way to plug into that. And and I also didn't feel that I knew enough about it to be able to, 
So that's why I just was writing about it. As I tried to figure out something, then I would write about that thing. And that's how I was educating myself. But I, I do feel now that I could do more. And so I, I think you can too. <laughs> well, I look for ways to do that. But the reality is as well as I do that this is a little bit political. There are lots of things. Oh, yeah. And so I hadn't figured out my way in yet. I mean, I love the idea that you're talking to people at senior centers and things about this and kind of walking them through the process. I think that's really important to people. It's just, again, it's not an intimidating process at all. But I've talked to nurses who have talked to clients who like stand in the parking lot for five or 10, 15 minutes because they get so nervous just to walk through the door. Now I think it's by Zoom. But, you know, people sort of make it a bigger deal than it is. And somebody who's older, who has lived through the entire prohibition, if you've lived through this your entire life, especially in the black community, this is a big deal that a lot of these panels I'm sitting on, older black Americans are just having the hardest time understanding that this could be good for their community. It seems almost impossible. And one of the places I've actually heard it kind of shifting is on Clubhouse. There's this Christianity and cannabis room, which I talk about endlessly, but it's like, it's like black male preachers who are preaching cannabis. And this is very powerful. This will change the minds of their congregation, especially older people who are regular churchgoers. So I've not gone into one of those rooms. So, so it's interesting, but those call the conversation. So the idea that you could go into a nursing home or go into a senior center and kind of have these conversations with those people to make them feel comfortable, I think is interesting. But it's not that easy to do. Basically the, the place where I went is run by a, it's, let's see, well, it's, it's, it's a senior center, but it's like the state senior center. So you can't go in and just have, easy conversations. You have to be very careful about what it is you're sharing. And of course, I wasn't selling anything. I basically, it was all informational and- It's health and and wellness. You're talking about health and wellness for your community. But that's that's part of what has to change, even in terms of people who make decisions that, like you say, it's health and wellness. Not everybody sees it as that. But that's how we have to shift. That's shifting the narrative, right? That's, um, all right. So, the narrative, and we need a shift in the paradigm of who gets to decide what information reaches who, how inf- uh, knowledge is uh, disseminated in terms of various platforms that reach people. That's really important and cannot be minimized. You know. No. So, what are you, are you doing? Any business consultations with hemp businesses or cannabis businesses specifically that want to address the needs of older people? Is that coming no, towards you? Yeah. No, I have yet to be approached or to be positively responded to from any <laughs> anybody I've pitched or what have you. This is a world, this is a big market. I don't know why that wouldn't, again, this is, we're not invisible. We're, 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 we like, we're curious about cannabis and we want to buy stuff. You should reach out to us. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I'm actually working with Dr. Janice Knox of the Knox Doctors, Sue Taylor of Pharmacy out in Berkeley, Dr. Carmen Jones out of Las Vegas, and Dr. Patricia Fry out of Maryland. We're working on something now that we hope will be able to have the effect of being a trusted cluster of information that will reach yes. the grassroots, grassroots. Because if nothing more, COVID definitely has shed a light on sort of the health inequities. And key to that is how information reaches communities and who brings that information to communities. So brands who have not had good enough sense 
to know that I'm a trusted source of information, they're they're lagging, you know. Well, people, are, <laughs> you got to check her out, Patricia Patton of Cannaboomers.net. All right, so we're coming up a little bit on the half hour. I got a little segment coming up, but we're going to be back with my friend to talk more about cannaboomers.net, what she's doing in 2021. Maybe we can even get her her group of ladies on here as like a trusted resource, maybe do a panel discussion. I just think the more information that you can hear, people have to be able to hear it, the healthier and better we'll all be. So we're going to do a quick break and we're going to be back on the other side with my friend Joanna Silver to talk more about seeds and how to grow weed in my garden and how to grow weed in your garden. Be back in a minute. Surprise, it's me again. I wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who's made season two of the Canna Mom show so much fun and so popular. Honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed. And to show our gratitude, the Canna Mom show team has some exciting news to share with you. If you are a cannabis focused business or want to find cannabis industry connections in your field or want to engage with cannabis activists, we want to hear from you. Because beginning in 2021, the Cannamon Show will be offering sponsorships that will allow you to support the voices of women in this industry that need to be elevated and give you the opportunity to connect with the thousands now engaged each and every week with the Cannamon Show on multiple social media platforms, podcast distribution sites, and internationally on our Canadian Cannamon Amy Ryman site, Hip lives. So if you sell a product, offer a service, or want to engage others, the Cannamom Show wants to hear from you. And together, we will crush that cannabis stigma one can of story at a time. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. So we have our growing weed in the garden segment again. I'm so excited. So we're back, my friend Joanna Silver. We Last week, just to recap, we talked about how important it is to get seeds, good seeds, not clones. We have some resources. So that's what I did last week, Joanna. I looked for seeds. Thank you. How'd you um, do? I did a good job. So it's felt a little underground, but, and I don't have them in hand yet, but I'm supposed to pick them up on Sunday, assuming we don't have a snowstorm. So I will send you a picture when I have them in hand. <laughs> Congratulations. And did he help you choose a cultivar that will grow well for you afterwards? Did, and it was very she. useful. He, uh, she, actually, he went to a she. So great. I go, yeah, I had two contacts. Right. <laughs> so she helped me figure out and you gave me the good information indica because I do live in New England and who knows how long my growing season is not that long and that eight weeks is shorter and that I can start them inside at a windowsill with lots of sun and then put them out. So I'm excited. So when I pick up my seeds Saturday and it's February now and I did look in the farmer's almanac. I don't really quite understand it. When do I start doing whatever it is I need to do with my seeds? And what is it that I need to do with them? Great. Okay. So when you get your seeds, first of all, until you're ready to start them, it's not so big of a deal, but you want them in a cool, dark place. Again, not so big of a deal because you're going to start them soon. But if you do have extras that you want to remain viable and try next year, you can put them in the freezer or just in the garage somewhere. Well, is your garage stay cool and dark? Probably not. Anyway, so a cool, dark place. Okay. Actually, you can put them um, in the freezer? They won't get freezer yeah. burned? Yeah. No, they'll be fine. In a, a sealed, sorry, sealed, airtight oh, no, container. Yeah, I wouldn't just throw them in there. <laughs> yeah, airtight okay. container. So when it's time to start them, which is sometime straddling the spring equinox, 
Okay. So since you're in a really cold climate, maybe just on the other side of the spring of spring equinox. So sometime, and if you're doing Indica, it won't be as long. So let's shoot for like April. April. Oh, that's so hopeful. Can you imagine April? It'd be sunny, maybe. Doesn't, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to mention that. So, (laughs) so you're going to, you're going to get these seeds out and you have a few options. You can make it really simple for yourself. And those like little square nursery containers that you buy when you, let's say, buy a bedding plant, a petunia, something. Yep. Do you have any extra of those? You can use those. If not, you can take a yogurt container and poke some holes in the bottom, even just like the single serving size, like a smaller kind so that you're not using a lot of soil. Yes for popping seeds. Popping is the term for just like starting seeds. So you, you can plant two in one of those four inch containers. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. And you want to get fresh potting soil. All that matters is that it says potting on the bag. Potting. It's actually not real soil. Yeah. It's a mix of crap that helps seeds germinate. Okay. Well, good drainage. That's a technical term speaking. Gardening, a mix of crap. (laughs) And you want to plant the general rule of thumb for all seeds is to plant them twice as deep as the seed is wide. Twice as deep as the seed is wide. Okay. So like really what that translates is to a little tiny seed gets planted, like not super deep, right? Like if you have a seed that's an eighth of an inch, you're planting it a quarter of an inch deep. And can, I haven't seen my seeds yet. So are cannabis seeds round or small or long? Yeah, they're small little seeds. They're like, what would I describe them? They're bigger than poppy seeds and they're smaller than sunflower seeds. Okay, that makes sense. There's maybe like double the size of a sesame seed puffed up. Smaller than a coffee bean. Now I'm just shooting in the dark. I've never had to make comparisons <laughs> without visuals. They're, they're small. Okay, they're small. I will, they're I'll small. Tell, they're I'll small. They're not t- if you're a gardener, they're not t- tiny like lettuce but anyway yeah they're little round seeds and and the reason those planting instructions it's not like it's not like you need to get out of measuring thing it's just to tell you like you don't need to push your finger all the way down to the bottom and drop them in some deep dark cavern so when you put it in you stick it in there is a is the dirt wet not wet do you wear it what happens great question you never want to plant into bone dry soil so your bag of fresh potting soil that you've just picked up at the nursery, I'm certain has enough moisture in it. Okay. But if it's bone dry, if soil is bone dry, now I'm going to get really technical and just scare you out of gardening. So I don't want to do it. No, 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 no. When soil gets bone dry, it actually has a hard time absorbing absorbing moisture. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of like your soil is so, 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 so dry and you stand there with a hose watering it and then you scratch it and you're like, why is this still dry? So you don't want it to be that dry. If your soil is that dry, you want to moisten it up and you might need to either wait a couple of days or use your hands and get in there and get it to like mix with water again. Okay. So like you kind of normal- have to work hard to make that happen though. Like you have to work hard to let your soil dry out that extremely. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about this bag of fresh potting soil. You can just use like, if you, let's say you're doing this indoors you can run it under your, maybe your sink has one of those more like shower sprays. Mm -hmm. You can just run it under there for a little bit and do a little finger indentation. And then I just kind of pinch it shut. Like that's it. That's okay. And you put it on, you put it in your sunny windowsill and you keep the soil 
moist, which okay. means maybe you get a spritz bottle. Okay. No, like and no pouring water, just kind of be more gentle. You can pour, but I don't want that seed to go like, I don't want you to flood it so that the seed pops up from the soil and like is sitting on the top. Okay. So a shower setting would be ideal. So if you don't have a shower setting nearby on something, then you want to spritz the heck out of it. So you're not just missing it. You're spritzing, but you're really it's spritzing. getting like wet, want- but it's like, okay, more than just like spraying my cat to get off the sofa, really spritzing. Yes. Okay, you want to really, you want to really, or you turn this, the, if you don't have a shower setting on your sink, you turn it on, but to a gent, a really gentle, gentle flow. Okay. And you just sort of so- hold the thing. Right. And that's it. I that's mean, it. that's it. They're okay. going to pop up. And they're going to be fine in that window seal, seal location for a while until you're ready to. Can I go back to the two seeds? So if you put two seeds in together, do those two seeds go outside as like one plant? Or are you separate? No. So okay. I tend to start as much as I always tend to start twice as many seeds as I think I need just to account for whatever. Okay. And what you will do is maybe one doesn't come up. Right. Okay. What you can do is eventually, and I'm talking eventually, this they will be happy growing there for quite a while. Okay. Is you can when you can unpot them and gently sort of tease them apart and give them each their own, let's say, okay. gallon container, which are okay. those bigger ones that aren't actually gallons that you get from the nursery when you buy the next okay. bigger size. That's later. Or right. if that scares the bejesus out of you, you can snip the one that seems the the weakest of the two. Cannabis, it's a little hard to snip because you're like, these seeds cost me so much money. Why am I going to, you know, (laughs) if you get your seeds and you're like way, way too excited and you want to overcomplicate it, you still want to wait till the spring equinox. But if you want to get like a little more involved, you can soak them for 24 hours before you pop them and that'll make them germinate a little bit faster. So just put them in a tiny jar. The first year I was still feeding my kid out of baby food jar. So I like soaked them in that, okay. something like that. Well, you don't, 24 to, hours. you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You can actually just take your seed, put it in moist soil and put it in the windowsill like a normal. Correct. Okay. But if you're just so this, that can speed it up. It can, okay. germination will take anywhere from germinate. You can count on like a week. Okay. Maybe even a little bit more. So okay. you might want to speed it up. The other thing you can do is you can put seeds in a wet paper towel and put that into like a Ziploc bag for, you know, and check them every day and that'll pop them to, you'll be able to see tiny little white growth, like the first, the start of something germinating. And then you can put that into soil. This is just if you're fussy and wanting to like overcomplicate. Okay. So basically, and and again, we're going to be, we'll plug on your book, how to grow weed in the garden. All these things are growing weed in the garden. Sorry, growing growing weed in the garden. garden. Um, It'll be in the notes. And so this is all going to be in there. So, all right. So you get your seeds. You can pop them in the moist soil. You can put them in a little paper towel to get them a little bit wet and then pop and then stick them in. Yeah. So, okay. So if some I mean, people just like, look, are you still at home? Is it still COVID? Are you still quarantined? Are you itching to do little things? Like then you might want to, then you might just have fun speeding it up with the paper towel. Also, it's just so cool to see how these seeds germinate. It's all just really divine is what it feels like. All right, so this is where we are. So that, oh, so this is it, people. If you're listening, we've told you how to find seeds, we've told you how to start your seeds. But then, what happens next? You got to buy the book. 
<laughs> That's the end of your free content, everybody. But it was good. So Growing Weed in the Garden, all the links to Joanna's site is on my notes. You can find her on the internet. She's everywhere. And this has been a great little journey. I'm going to keep you posted. Any other last words of wisdom you want to leave people with before we go back to the Patricia? Uh, no, good luck. Have fun. You can reach me. My website's joannasilver.com and people can reach out if they want to keep talking about. Do people send you pictures? Do they get so excited that they've actually done it? Oh my God. Yeah, I love it. I get pictures all along the way. I got like people's own little edited videos of their whole growing process. It's so cute. It's so cute. And it's really like a gateway crop for many people. They'll start with, well, they'll start with cannabis and then realize they can grow tomatoes, lettuce, carrots, whatever. It's beautiful. It could be my, it could be my whole new life. So thank you, Joanna, for joining us these past few weeks. I really enjoyed talking to you and I'm going to, you're going to be getting a lot of texts from me. You're going to get a sick of me. (laughs) Great. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. All right. So back with our guest, Patricia Patton of cannaboomers.net. So 2020 has been a bit of a year, 2021. I know you are, you're trying to get out the word message. What you're, what are your plans? What are you looking at? I know you're connecting with some groups of women who are involved in spreading education. What else do you think is happening for you in 21? And are you still doing the podcast? Most definitely. Uh, the podcast is me and Mary Jane. Right, can we just say, cause I forgot about that earlier. So just talk a little bit about the podcast and what's going on with that. So I kicked off the podcast last year with a friend of mine from Canada initially. And that's where the idea for me and Mary Jane began. But she is much, we decided really just to do our own thing because I'm really looking, I became, it became clear in terms of my vision and what I was interested in and what she's interested in. She has a lot more experience than I do. And so we just collaborate with each other. And I took the podcast, me and Mary Jane forward. Uh, And in the first year, it was quite good. I actually wound up with several conversations that I would hope I'll be able to promote to a larger audience. This year, my focus is on, in season two, I'm focusing on conversations with people who are smarter than me. That's the theme for the upcoming season. So yesterday I, I did a conversation with the New Jersey hemp farmer. So that's very interesting because I now understand the business of him better than just the product in and of itself. And it helps me understand what other people I know are doing and how I can fit in and how to message what they're doing better. I also had a conversation with Tiffany Watkins, who is Tiffany, the yeah. publisher of Vanguard Media Online. So both of those will be. And you've had some articles featured, right, on their site? Have you? Oh, yeah, I have yeah. had several articles featured. Um, just talk about just talk a little bit about Vanguard for people who don't know and Tiffany. Vanguard Media Online. Tiffany Watkins is the publisher. She's out of Seattle, Washington, my hometown. And the focus of that publication, it's both online and it's a hard copy, which you can subscribe to. But it is really to highlight women in cannabis. And what I like about it is that she has a broad collection of people. So it's not just the same people that you see in most cannabis publications or the same people that are making the lists of most people to watch in this category or that category. It's much more real world. I agree. She had the Tokativities ladies on the cover a couple 
Yeah. Last month, uh, Samantha and Lisa, and I saw the article. I felt good to know that I knew some of the people who she was featuring. I'm like, I'm in the know. (laughs) Nice to see your name there. That's great. All right. So you're keeping up with season two. Are you wrapping up season two or are you going to season three? How do you do this? Actually, you're much more methodical than I am. (laughs) It's like we had this conversation like three or four months ago to schedule when we were going to have it. I'm not that. Like basically... My process is much more uh, organic. I don't have a team. My team is a team of one. It's not true. I have a half person, like a good friend of mine who actually uploads mine, puts it together so that it can really get to the world. But, but so the podcast, podcasting is a way to share the stories. It's, I think it's the best way to do it. And, and I love the clubhouse people, meeting all them, I, I, people I would never have met before. So you must be finding some, that's a great place to find guests too. So you you love you are definitely drinking the clubhouse Kool Aid, right? I, I don't like social media. I say this all the time, but I can commit an hour every afternoon to either listening or making a few comments in a room, and I can see. I don't know, just a, that cannabis Christian room just floors me because I've never had that conversation with yeah, anyone before. Cool about it. So yeah. thank you for letting me know. But that's the idea that I have a lot of conversations. This is what I do every week across the board with women in different parts of the industry and. I just find that fascinating. And I do think the story, I talk about this almost as a joke, but I say I talk about pot, politics and religion and that those leaders in the religious communities have a lot of power to change the trajectory of the story, a lot of power. And they live by stories. The Bible is a story. That's how they live. So I just, I find that so powerful. I think that's why I'm so drawn to it because I'm amazed that it's happening. Yeah, I actually was part of, actually it's going to happen this week. This weekend, I think Friday and Saturday at Ebenezer Baptist Church. In oh, yeah, I'm going to be at that. I'm going to. Yeah. OK. I so, actually talk about actually it'll be after. But yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting event with Ebenezer in New, in New Jersey, right? They're talking uh, about Ebenezer in Brooklyn. I, I'm sorry. So are they talk about New York cannabis. What are they? What's the topic? Yeah, women in cannabis conversation at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Brooklyn. And the, the initial conversation was co-hosted by the church and women grow year before last. So I actually was on that program. I'm not participating in this, but I will go because there are a number of people. And like you say, it's the church is giving its validation. The church is saying not do this. The church is saying educate yourself. And that's really what I'm doing. I'm not really, I'm not really out advocating. I'm really trying to educate more than anything, because I want people to know that you have to make decisions for yourself, for your own health, like you should be involved in that. And in this process, no one else can do it, but yep. And you want choices. This should be a choice. We're not pushing anything. We're just saying this should be a choice. So that's a great message. The other thing is, I think that it's really important to learn that cannabis can also be used for preventative medicine. So that's an area that I'm exploring now as people are learning more about the endocannabinoid system. How can cannabis be used as preventative? Yeah. Even I I took my dog to the vet this morning and the vet said, you got to get her some CBDA. I'm like, okay, you know something I don't know. He has arthritis. My poor dog, I guess CBD and CBDA. I don't, I have to make sure this is really true. But yeah, so that everyone's coming aboard. Preventative, I think, is really key. It's like a supplement. That's how I talk about it now, specifically in the CBD world. All right. Our time is actually up, Patricia. Do you want to leave us with any words of wisdom? Where can they find you in 2021 if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, meet you? 
the best place to find me is really, I'm <clears throat> sorry, on my website, which is Patricia A. Patton.com. The canaboomer.net website is linked into that, as well as my Dream Yourself Awake. All of these things are uh, a part of my overall mantra, <clears throat> which is that we have to take responsibility for living a healthy long life, not just a long life. And I think that cannabis and hemp can be really instrumental in that process. So look for me or look for Cannaboomers. On Instagram, you can find me in the clubhouse. I have two clubs there. One is the Cannaboomer Club, Making Sense of Cannabis Science. I'd love to actually host a room with you sometime in there. Yeah, I haven't done that part yet. I just talked. So absolutely. And I like the science. I love the science part of cannabis. Yep. That's the main thing. Like, what's the point of trying to destigmatize this, but to let people know how to make better decisions that are evidence-based? Exactly. And that it's not a belief system. It's a science. (laughs) that's good i'm gonna use i'm gonna use that one all right all right so so thank patricia thank you for joining us today and cannaboomers.net stuff in the notes you'll find it joanna silver go find her book growing weed in the garden because now you have your seeds and you know what to do with them but what happens next it's like a mystery you're gonna find out all right thanks dave my cannabro you got another good show it was fun chit-chatting chit-chatting Catherine, our social media guru, doing a great job. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Cannamom theme music. And of course, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. Please follow me on social media. Subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom show. And we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.